When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everybody, welcome back to the first draft podcast of the draft season. This is the Raptors Rapcast weekly podcast, whatever you want to call it. I'm Samson Folk. I'm talking to Josh Codinera, who is fantastic. He's a professional scout with On Point Scouting. I've had a lot of people on this very podcast who graduated to working in the NBA. In my opinion, Josh is next up. He's fantastic. He watches the hell out of these players, does it for work and does a damn good job at it. Josh, how the hell are you? I'm good. How are you, bro? I'm doing good. Also, some people might remember there was like a popular video that Josh and I did together breaking down Scotty Barnes' film. Everybody and their mom was like, this guy, this professional scout guy is great. Bring him (laughs) on again. And I told everybody, relax. We're good friends. He'll be on again. So here we are to talk about three players that may or may not be like are in the Raptors range, range. Mm-hmm. in the top end of the presumed range, except maybe Whitmore. Yeah. I'm not sure. Well, I gave away yeah, one guy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Grady Dick, Kobe Bufkin, Cam Whitmore. There is a lot of energy and fervor for two of these guys. Cam Whitmore, I sent out a tweet because I'm going to be doing some uh, prospect writing this year for the first time ever. So oh, nice. expect terrible things, uh, readers. We'll see. We'll see how I do. But Kobe Bufkin was a lot of people like write about Kobe. A lot of people were like write about Grady Dick. Um, There was some Sissoko. There was Leonard Miller. There was stuff like that, but not a lot of Cam Whitmore. We're going to start with the most popular one, though. Our friend, Hoop Goose, he wrote about Kobe Bufkin. I will link that in the bio if anyone wants to read something after this podcast. We're talking about Kobe Bufkin. Michigan gets the De'Aaron Fox comp for the people who feel really high on him. Movement skills are what gird his like transition to the NBA, right? Give me yeah. the the elevator pitch on Kobe Bufkin to the Raptors. I remember watching uh, Michigan earlier in the season and um, all the hype was about Jet Howard and his his movement shooting skills and his ability to you know yeah get get a shot off uh, kind of I kind of make make shots out of isolation situations with like crossovers and, and pulling up and then I remember texting Goose and, and and our guy our guy Hoop Goose and texting him and be like hey like there's this kid Kobe Bufkin like he's he's like a six four combo guard but like every time I watch him or every time I'm, I'm watching uh, Jet Howard it's like this guy keeps popping up and he keeps looking like probably maybe a better 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 prospect than him and we, it was kind of just like in the the background for a little bit and we we some sometimes talk about him but then all of a sudden now now he's like uh, possibly a lottery pick and now now that everybody's digging into the tape he had a moment so, where mm-hmm. there was like a pathway to more possessions can you kind of walk me through there there's an injury something pops up Mm-hmm. Kobe Bufkin suddenly is a guy who gets more possessions. How did that go for him? And how did he make the jump from being a guy who 
you're kind of like, hey, this guy's pretty interesting to being mm-hmm. a guy who maybe could go as high as like top 10, right? Yeah, like so I think uh, Jalen Llewellyn went down, Canadian Canadian, Canadian guy. Uh, he went down and um, a lot of the, the his like uh, Kobe Bufkin's usage went up just because he got more possessions um, initiating offense and um, I, th- I think the ba- the cool thing about him is that like he he's able to play on and off the ball, um, and he gets downhill any either way. So like if it if it's swung to him on a on the on the second side, he's attacking with a closeout, ca- attacking a closeout really well. Or if he um, if he's initiating a pick and roll, he can um, he has those super super long strides and like and they're controlled and it's like he's super coordinated when he's doing those when he's when he's attacking down that left side um and he's able to like control his pace because he's coordinated with those long strides so it's 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 hard to it's hard to time and and it allows him to get downhill really easily one of the things that michigan runs is like a, a chin action to see if he's open off that uh that back screen and then they have him kind of loop around and and run him off a zoom action where he has like an entire left side open to him. Um, and then from there, he's really good at making plays, either um, attacking the rim or just like finding finding uh, some kickouts that he can make off live dribble passes. So that's what yeah. that's what I like about um, Buffkin a yeah. lot. So Raptors yeah. fans, um, good news: the Raptors do run chin action. So they're they typically run it for their bigger, like their large wings, Pascal and. And Scotty a lot of the time, but you know they can. Mm. With a new coach, things can be repurposed. Yeah. Oftentimes exactly. they are. Some notable yeah. statistics: you gave me a dossier to kind of clue me in prior to it. So sixty-eight yeah. percent finishing at the rim. That's yeah. that's would be elite, like elite for a guard at the NBA level. It's elite for a guard yeah. at the college level. Thirty-five point two percent on catch and shoot threes. Thirty-four percent overall. These are not glistening numbers from the college line. But yeah. this is also a better spot as a shooter than a lot of the guys that Raptors have drafted lately. Like if if you were thinking that the Raptors, they need to draft a shooter, they need to draft a shooter. This is a guy who I could conceivably see becoming a shooter and he would yeah. be starting from a healthier spot than a lot of the Raptors recent draft picks. I kind of want to yeah. talk about that finishing at the rim. What makes him so capable to do so? What are some of the counters and why would you expect it to succeed at the NBA level? Yeah, I think um, one of the things I noticed the most about him is he he's so flexible in his upper body that he can change angles when um, defenders come come rotate over and try to try to block him. So he's one of those guards that not only does he have the touch, so he can do like the high finishes off glass or the the uh, the floaters that are like not all the way at the rim, but like a little bit further away. He could also like do the one hand pickup, absorb contact, and then like. Use that shoulder flexibility and go around, go around defenders, which is which is pretty pretty useful. And he has super long arms, even though he's six four. I feel like he has like maybe three four plus uh, inches on his on his wingspan that just allows him to be so so really really good as a as a finisher. Um, and he also has like um, his hands are really good too. So like he's one of those lefty guys that like when they move their hands, it's like it snaps. You know, you know what I mean? Like, it's like, it's almost like a jab in, in, in boxing where it's like, he, he can kind of start off here and it's like a quick, oh, it's, it's already here and, and it's hard to time to block. So sounds like that's me. what makes him. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's talk about the, the first step. 
the mm-hmm. athleticism. Movement yeah. skills are really important for Raptors mm-hmm. fans who are watching this. And I'm sure there'll be some people who aren't Raptors fans who just want to hear about Kobe Bufkin, but the Raptors haven't had that at the guard position. Like, mm-hmm. not only are Fred and Gary not flexible and, you know, malleable at the rim, like how you're describing Kobe, but they're also yeah. not quick to beat guys with that first step, you know, like a stutter rip in a space and boom, it's like, I'm there, I'm in the paint, something like that. Um, mm-hmm. Is that something you expect to be able to translate to the NBA level? I think so. And I think I think it's just because his strides are so long. Like that first step, even uh, it's like you combine it with a quick first step and, and on top of like a long step, um, the second long step, step, the third step, the second yeah. step, exactly. It's almost like it's really hard for for guys. They, they most most defenders would probably have to turn their hips right. to to kind of keep up with him. And you flip those hips, um, it's you know, yeah, you got to flip them piece. With, yeah with with Kobe. So yeah, yeah, and he and what and he maintains those strides. Like he just glides offensively, defensively. It's it's fun to watch him go from like he's guarding at the point of attack, and then a screen comes, and he's like um flowing straight into like a peel switch but it and it's not like he has to um kind of load up and then change directions it's just he's just gliding almost like a dancer it's like he's yeah. he's, he's lateral sliding and then all of a sudden he's he turns his hips and he's he's going the other way switching onto a, another defender or would, another offensive player would he be the raptors most athletic guard since norm probably ooh yeah i'd say so yeah, probably. You're like, thinking like Jeff is athletic, like he's quick, mm-hmm. but he's not going to have, he doesn't have, from what I've seen, like a similar vertical pop to, yeah. to Kobe. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think Kobe has like a super great vertical pop, but like I think he, he's, he has, he has super long arms that just allow him to like, yeah, like allow him to finish at the rim that crazy. And um, one thing I like about him too is like, and I see him doing at the NBA level is just being a really good uh, chaser around screens. Let's say Raptors are in drop and they have Pirtle dropping back and he's one of the, he has to go over on screens and he has to contest from behind with those good hands that I was talking about, like that, that snap, it just allows him to kind of be ready. Um, and, and not like be the a guy that like has to keep his hands up when he's uh, defending uh, coming over the screen it's like he can wait and then he can be reactive when either a shot's going up or a pull-up's coming up or um there he, someone's trying to finish at the rim and he can like snap his hands get get into the right position to kind of alter the shot or like get a deflection on a pass so that's what i like about kobe another we'll we'll get to the the defense in a little bit but mm-hmm. the jump shot is it like mm-hmm. the the cell that you're currently giving is that the guy will use his athleticism, his length to make a killing if he can in advantage situations. Like he's getting downhill. He's making good on that. We can see that happening at the NBA level. But, you know, if he's a secondary ball handler at some point in the future to affect the defense at the level of the screen and then eventually, you know, the the bottom half of the defense, you need a jumper to try and like pull and tease the defense away. So just to reset the numbers once again, 35% on his catch-and-shoot threes. College, that's a closer line. 34% overall, 39% on his mid-range dribble jumpers. That one, to me, kind of stands out as that's pretty encouraging. That was something I talked about with Ben Pfeiffer around Pascal Siakam was like, Pascal's long mid-range was a seldom-talked-about aspect of him as a prospect. I want to make sure we don't miss on this 
for Kobe. How do you see the jumper kind of transitioning, improving, and I guess becoming an overall part of how he initiates offense? He he jumped as as far as like from last year, um, his his first season with Michigan, he was a twenty two percent three point shooter, that, and then he 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 bumped that up to thirty five percent, and then at, at the free throw line, um, he he's an eighty five percent shooter. So he you could t- that just kind of indicator of like he has a really good touch. Um, now it's just kind of being able to combine his 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 movement skills and kind of just being able to play out of bend it and use his pull-up jumper because he kind of has he's kind of tight in his shoulders I find when he when he pulls up so I think just opening that up will allow him to be more smooth and, and get into his, his pull-up a little bit easier and yeah like I think I don't I, I definitely see him being able to develop into like a decent uh, pull-up shooter I think so so the Raptors also employ Scotty Barnes who mm-hmm. I suspect buff I don't expect his guard skills to be there next year. I expect them to slowly improve over the next few years, and that might change how the Raptors use him to initiate. But the Raptors found something last year using Scotty as a hub, cut off of interplay with two-man stuff. Is there any reference for Kobe finding like that with a big, doing it at any level? Does he make good reads? Is he like an intuitive cutter? This kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, I would say he's definitely an intuitive cutter. And that's what makes him so versatile because he can be on and off the ball. He he he's really good at like off the, playing off the catch. So when he's coming off uh their, their zoom action, he's really good at like finding um opposite side guys with like off a live dribble. So I think if he can run like DHO actions with um with with Scotty, I, I think that would probably be his like one of his go-to things um if he if he ends up on the Raptors. And then as far as like as a as someone that it plays as a hub, I'm not sure, um, but he does make g- mostly good decisions uh, when he has the ball in his hands. So. You mentioned step up screens, good live mm-hmm. dribble passing. Let's say the Raptors like that's they love him in early offense. He comes to the team, yeah. they love him in early offense. Let's say teams they get pretty aggressive at the point of attack. What what was he seeing mostly at Michigan if he was used in anything similar? It, it was it would like like you said it was mostly out of early offense, yeah. um, and I think they would t- typically sit back on him just because like he wasn't fully like a knockdown shooter. So I think a lot of a lot of people would go under on him um, if they do if they do like kind of play 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 him more aggressively. He'd be able to get get by them, um, and then I think one of my favorite favorite thing is when he gets downhill on on the left side, and um, he can just kind of kind of make plays out out of that side. So. Does he, there's like the cat and mouse game, right? Mm-hmm. You draw the defense over, in a lot of cases, the weak side zone, very popular. Yeah. Not not only, like maybe not as popular in college, but certainly at the NBA. Is yeah. that, is he beating that guy a lot of the time? Is he shifting him to where he wants before he, you know, you talked about finding guys on the opposite side. A lot yeah. of finding guys on the opposite side is about, you know, sending the, the weak side zone the wrong way and then creating that yeah. open look. How is he at that? Yeah, like I think he he he's he's able to snake a little bit, um, and he has like a really wide crossover. It's hard to to stay in front of because it's super wide if you're a smaller guard on him. Um, and then he, what he typically had smaller guards defend uh, defending him, so he would get around those guys pretty easily and and use like uh, some snake dribbles, uh, some some behind the back dribbles when he when he gets into the middle of the defense and what I like about him the most is that that super wide crossover that is is hard to time and it's very pacey yeah 
<laughs> okay, I think we've hit yeah. on a decent amount of the offense. Uh, any like last notes? Because we're going to move on to defense soon. When you think about his offense, um, something that the yeah. listener should hear. Ooh. Yeah, I think I think he'll be really good playing off of uh, playing off someone like Fred and he, and being the off ball guy um, um, that can also initiate sometimes. So I think he'll be useful in 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 a team. Uh, that's constructed where they need like a secondary ball handler or a guy that can play off the ball as well. So like a guy who could immediately kill it in Miami, for example, like there's a lot of motion to utilize him. He'll be put in catch and go or like on the move stuff constantly. Um, Let's hope that the Raptors next season have a bit more of that going on. And if not um, that he gets a lot of minutes, if he does go there, he he might not be around, but um, Mm -hmm. Scotty for this type of player, it seems like that's a like that's a really really nice and like harmonious pairing. So the Raptors they have to be mindful of who they pick in this draft next to Scotty Barnes. That just has to be there defensively as well. Kobe Bufkin. Let's talk point of attack. We talked yeah. a little bit about the screens. How like he's lock and trail. It seems like is something that mm. you if you aren't the quickest length can make you dangerous in lock and trail and especially being committed to that and knowing what to look for and tendencies in your ball handler when they get downhill, what is their most common thing in lock and trail? If their most common tendency isn't driving all the way to the rim, then you can get pretty good at taking things away. Um, What was he typically able to take away? What was he typically getting bested at? Um, I think I'll probably start with what he, he got bested at. I, I think when he played kind of stronger, stronger guards, guys that, you know, create create out of like using strength creation moves um, with like shoulder bumps or like kind of like the, the like a bump and a veer step. He kind of struggled with that just because he, he doesn't have like the, the built yeah. strongest frame. Yeah, he's he's pretty skinny. And, and I think he excelled most most of all against um, smaller guards that he can kind of corral with his with his length. Um, and, and just being able to, to be able to use his, use his quick hands, either in playing in the gaps or on the ball. So I think that will probably be his, his role would be on, on like a defense is mostly defending guards and and playing in the gaps. That makes sense. Off ball, playing in the gaps. You mentioned, you also mentioned Mm -hmm. being able to flow really easily into like a peel switch being in the modern NBA, certainly the strength of defense in the NBA currently isn't just always moving always rotating it doesn't hurt though to be able yeah. to smoothly transition to different checks um how was he in scheme for michigan was he a guy who made mistakes often or was he a guy who was like pretty good at not only well basically what i'm wondering did he make sure like he cleaned his own room defensively and then could he clean his own room and then clean other rooms at the same time like is he is he a bit of a problem solver I, I would say, ooh, that's a good question. <laughs> um, I'm I, I full think, of them. Yeah, cool. yeah. <laughs> I, I think with 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 Buffkin, I, I think he'd he'd make a lot of mistakes uh, off the ball sometimes, uh, and that's just kind of I feel like is is going to come with experience. Yeah. Um, but as far as like being able to contain guys him, himself, I think he he was pretty decent at. Um, he he also like he wasn't like the best screen navigator as well, so. Um, and I think that will come with time because I think he has this, he has the tools for it. And as far as like how his his instincts are and his feel is um, for for def- 
for defense, I, I think he's definitely going to be a, a, a decent to, to good uh, two-way guy at the NBA level. Hell yeah. That yeah. sounds like a good draft pick. I haven't, I haven't yeah. been able to really dive into higher-level prospects since mm-hmm. the Scotty draft. And I had True. a blast doing like these deep dives on these like super vaunted prospects. I mean, last season it was like, you know, the, the Raptors had the 33rd pick. I brought right. on a lot of guys to talk about a lot of things. And you're talking about a lot of pitfalls, like a lot of this would need to get better. It's nice to hear, you know, a prospect consider for the Raptors that you can expect yeah. good things early and you can expect yeah. the things that are mediocre to most likely translate. Here's the fun one. (laughs) Summer 2023. Give me Dick in Toronto. Grady Dick. He is with Kansas. He is a little TikTok star. He is, uh, he's a movement shooter, which is the Raptors haven't had. He's also, you know, there's, there's every, every time you bring this up, there's like um, white guy athleticism, how it's perceived. Um, Pretty athletic as well. I want to hear the sell, the pitch for Grady Dick. Yeah, I think if you want um, a movement shooter, a guy that really is going to put pressures on, like add spacing on offenses and and have defenses second guessing a lot if if he's put into like off ball actions that that kind of have to make um, you have to make decisions on like where the the role tag is coming from. I, I think he, he's like the perfect guy to be, to be in that type of offense um, or, or that type of like type of team that requires that. And then like, I feel like he's like a guy that really makes really quick decisions. So if you want a, a guy that's going to help your offense hum and, and make quick decisions from like ball reversals or like relocating to a spot that just allows a quick a pass to uh, easier pass paths, um that that's hard to say but um but yeah like he'll 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 really help um with with those type of teams or or or, uh offenses is he the first guy that could get og out of the corner in the raptors offense in years is it like is that a possibility yeah yeah i think so um i I think he'll help a lot with that and yeah just being able to a guy that can is smart at attacking closeouts and i know last your last pod you talked about uh shake action a lot um that's right he's a guy that's like i feel like is like the perfect one of the best lift decision makers so he he's it's he's coming off a lift and it's either uh he can really catch and shoot off any type of like shop uh footwork so like it's like either a left, right, right, left on the other, other side. Um, he can hop catch and he, or like if he's spotting up, it's like a one foot catch or he can just flow into like a push dribble ahead. Um, and then, and then make a play from, from there into like either finish at the rim or like a one or two dribble pull up. And, um, he's six, eight and he could shoot over pretty, a lot of, a lot of like guards or like got wings that were, would be able to, would be defending him. Um, that's what makes Grady really, really fun to watch. When I've seen highlights, when mm-hmm. I saw any film remotely, like March Madness, right? He seemed yeah. like a guy, if he was on the Raptors, it would be a breath of fresh air. Would you yeah. agree with that? Oh, yeah, for sure. Functional um, size is something the mm-hmm. Raptors have gotten pretty, I would say, rigid size recently. Like Dono Banton has a unique finishing package, but he's he's pretty straight yeah. up. Um, Pascal is pretty liquid, but he's 29, right? Like he's, yeah. and he's a max player. He's getting paid 
to be fantastic. Scotty Barnes, for all the things that he's really great at, he's not a liquid wing. He's not like no. smooth and felt through the lane or anything like that. Grady projects as a guy who would be slinky. Yeah, I like slinky on defense, yeah. especially when you have strength elsewhere. Grady yeah. Dick, the defender. Um, I see you have projected roles here. You have wing and rotation defender. If you could elaborate yeah. a little bit, thoughts on him defensively. Yeah, I think he's he's really good at making uh, and angling in in uh, to to kind of be in the perfect position all the time. He maintains shells really well on defense, and, and what I mean by that is that like he kind of finds and, and rotates over to like the perfect angle where he's not like out of position or he's overly committed to a guy. He kind of just shows into a, into a spot. It's almost similar to like the way Marcus Gasol was kind of really good at that. Yeah. It's like, um, I'm going to just so, show and I'm going to take up space in this specific spot where I know like an action is going to kind of, um, kind of, kind of happen. Um, you project or, your presence farther than it actually exists. It actually exists. Yeah. And, and like, I wouldn't say like, he's like, he has a crazy good foot speed because that that's not really true. But he's he's slinky. He he he's flexible, um, and and he's able to to kind of move his body around. And and he's just a really good anticipator of rotation on on both ends. So uh, offensively, good relo re good good at relocating, and like on defense, he's good at anticipating that. Um, where yeah. So I wanna I wanna hammer in on the shooting. So yeah. the notable statistics that you've given me. 52% of his shots were from three. Six yeah. attempts a game, he shot 40%. Um, you have here noted, like, very high shooting gravity. That's, yeah. like, that's something He's, that has not been super present on the Raptors either. Go ahead. It's cool because, like... Um, he he's kind of always has to be in, in denied and and what i've noticed is like most most scouting reports against him um on for for college teams it's like just just deny him just be in full deny off the ball even if there's like a a really good like they have jalen wilson who's a pretty decent um guy that gets to the rim for for kansas it's it's like just deny grady that and then it's like his he has real shooting gravity. So and I, I think like his shooting is a is a real NBA NBA skill. Okay. And mm -hmm. the counter then. You're getting deny. You shoot the hell out of the basketball. What do you do with the deny defense as a cutter? What do you do when teams are maybe there's like a Grady Dick on the other end, right? Who's going to show in space and it's going to make you like, hmm, I'm not not only am I getting chased off the line, I'm not getting all the way to the rim. What are the counters, you know, at the NBA level in your mind? Yeah, I think he has a really good two dribble pull up, and 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 or like like I said before, he he'll be he'll be fully denied, but he get a little bit of advantage off that screen, and he'll be flowing into like a a, a throw ahead dribble, and it, it, it's so it, he does it so smoothly. I, I was I was really surprised as as far as like um, a guy that like. I wouldn't suspect to be a really good um, uh, guy that flows from like um, right to left um, uh, rip throughs or like left to right rip throughs, just cause like, I feel like it's, it's um, muscle memory wise. It seems like he's a guy that like, Oh, I'm just going to be ready for my shot, but it's, it's, he could do both. And, and I think that's really useful for um, kind of countering that full deny. It's like, even though he gets that little bit of, um, he doesn't get that much space, but he catches. 
he can kind of keep that momentum and, and maintain his momentum off the catch, which is which is really good. Footwork on screens as a shooter, pin downs, yeah. flares, pin ins, the like. How's he moving? Does he does he make sure that passing angles are available? Does he does he like make himself open and cut off his defender? Like how does he use you know these screens as these? Yeah, like it, his shot prep is so good. Like he could come off any type of any type of um, off ball screen action and 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 kind of figure out a way to to get open. Um, I think one of the like I remember one of the main plays that they have for him coming off screens is is he, they run a Ricky Ricky screen for him. So he kind of does a flare and then he comes back off a pin down and it's and um, yeah, like I said, like cat being able to catch he he recognizes when um he needs to like kind of use like forward forward step um footwork to to catch um so he might maintains going forward um or if the defender's on his hip he can kind of um kind of bump a little bit and then catch catch with a quick um left right catch and it's getting his shot off and he is he has a really good um understanding of like um, where the defender is when he's coming off screen so that he knows where to to put the ball or where he where his ball placement is or where his catch gather is so we haven't like yeah. we haven't mentioned the term initiator mm-hmm. you're drafting in the lottery a guy who you know isn't a big typically everyone wants a, a little to a lot not none What's the initiator story on Grady Dick? It's hard. I, I think he can, he, he'll be a good transition initiator. He's pretty smart with the ball. He has a decent handle. I, I wouldn't say he's like, he would be able to manipulate crazy good defenders, but I, I think he'll be able to like run some simple stuff and, and be able to come off screens a little bit. But I wouldn't say like, as far as like, uh, like being able to create from a stencil and, 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 kind of create like in isolation situations besides like simple step backs and, 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 um, or, uh, I think, I feel like his, he would be at best kind of attacking closeouts. Um, and he has a really good triple threat rip through game that is, 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 is pretty cool. Like he could, um, use some stutter rips or like some long strided first step, long step, uh, rip throughs and, and get all the way to the rim. So yeah. this the thing is, yeah. Grady Dick finishing at the rim. What's what's the deal there? We haven't mentioned that either. What's yeah? He gets pushed downhill. They start funneling. Some shoot like Joe Wieskamp shoots the hell out of the basketball. He's also pretty tall. He also has a way better vertical than people might think. You funnel him downhill, you have no problems. You funnel yeah. Grady Dick downhill. Is he a guy who can draw the defense, make the lay down, go to the opposite corner? Is he a guy who can finish over top sometimes? What's what's the the story there? Yeah, I think you mentioned uh, looking looking at the opposite corner. Um, I he he, I think in December there was I, I put out a tweet and I was just like I, something something I noticed is that when he attacked the closeout, he was really making uh, these crazy baseline jump passes. Right. And I think he's he's pretty, pretty flexible in the air as well. So when he especially when he jumps off two, uh, when he gets like a full two foot gather, he could either um, he likes going down the left side. So like he either gets down if, it, if it's baseline and, and he's attacking on that left left baseline, he's kind of looking at the rim, gathering the the, the 
kind of that rotation and making like a, a crazy like left-handed um, skip pass to either the opposite corner or the, the, the opposite 45. And he's been, he's really good at that. And um, he's also pretty decent at like being able to be flexible in the air as well as, as far as a finisher. Um, one of the things he likes to do is um, if he's coming downhill off like um, the left 45, he attacks um, off like a, uh, a two foot hard gather. And then like, it's like, with his right side, but then he ends up finishing with his left, which is really cool. And um, yeah, he's pretty, pretty decent at finishing at the rim. Um, I wouldn't say he's like an amazing finisher and he's not, doesn't have like the greatest vertical pop, but he's, he's malleable in the air. So flexible, long, tall. Those are, we've seen a lot of players without pop make that work. Um, Something I'm going to do for every single player. We talk about the Scotty fit. Um, Something we see, your star player strengths inform the play of everyone. They inform development of everybody around them, right? So yeah. Fred goes to above the break on the left side because Pascal is not very good at push passes. He's way better passing across his body to the right. And so yeah. how many times have we seen those guys run the break together and Pascal makes that pass to Fred, especially when Fred was hitting a lot of catch and shoot threes? Not this year, but for many years prior. The Raptors, as long as Scotty Barnes is one of the stars on the team, are somewhat going to be defined by their transition. And I assume right in the middle of his prime may very well be the best transition team in basketball if they're surrounded, if he's surrounded by the right guys. Grady Dick, I think I know the answer to this, but is he a guy who you're very um, confident in, like being a perfect transition partner? filling lanes, getting to all the spots that Scotty likes and just being a guy who they would constantly link up. I think so. He is really, he gets out and leak outs really well. Um, and he, and he's, he glides in uh transition lanes really well. And, and he could do both. Like he can either spot up, spot up to the, the, the 45 or the corner um, on, on, on tra- in transition or, and, or be like a trailer as well. Or he could be the one that is the finishing at the rim and, and making plays from, from there. So, um, yeah, I think he'd be really good with, 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 with Scotty, um, in, in like three on two, two on one situations. Perfect. This brings us <laughs> to Cam Whitmore. Yeah. So he is, I think, very dissimilar to the other two. Is that fair to say? Yeah. Yeah, I would say so. I want the pitch. Um, you know, we're talking about him last. He was the guy who he doesn't have as much buzz. Of course, the lottery hasn't happened. We'll see what, you know, we'll see where the Raptors end up. Maybe yeah, they get yeah. number one. You know, maybe it's Wembenyama and all of this is moot. But Cam Whitmore, let's let's get the pitch. Um, yeah, I think you have a a power slasher, um, a, a guy that is, is going to be put tons of pressure on the rim. Um just because he's 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 such a explosive and strong athlete that can also put the ball on the floor. A guy that's probably going to be a glass cat crasher, and and he has a decent spot up shot that um, he could be a, a threat from. Um, but like I think this big sell on with 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 um, Whitmore is like probably a guy that excels in in space. Um, and what I mean that is like either in the half court, there's there's a bunch of shooter that gives them space to to kind of attack one on one, or um, be used as a cutter that can um, kind of draw defenses in and 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 put pressure on on the rim. As far as like if he does get the ball, he'll try to smash on you, basically. Yeah. So yeah. that that is you know quite different than Grady. 
and and, mm-hmm. and then Kobe defensively, yeah. a little bit bigger, you know, a little more in the frame, a little more power to it. The Raptors, I think you, you know, if you, the bigger guys in the NBA, a lot of times now you think of playing team defense. A lot of the smaller guys, you think about point of attack being really sticky. Where does he yeah. fit in as a defender in your mind? Yeah, I think he'll probably excel best as like a isolation defender um, and in one-on-one situations, just because he has that massive chest and the, the the big shoulders that allows him to like absorb contact through his chest. And he, he I would, I feel like I, he, he also plays with decent bend and he can move pretty well. So like, as far as like defending guys one-on-one, I think he'll be able to contain guys really well and, and put pressure on, on, on guys that like, don't like that contact and, and, and be um, a guy that like, even though you get a step on him, he's still like kind of holding you with his, with his body, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, and he has like powerful legs that like allows him to like, if I was going up against him, for example, it's like, how do I get around this guy? He's, he's quick enough. He, he's, and he's strong enough. So I was, what am I really supposed to I do? I was going to ask, let's take Kobe mm-hmm. Bufkin. He gets the yeah. step, but like they catch a shoulder. There's no foul called that's getting flattened out, right? Like that's, yeah, it's yeah. totally, yeah, exactly. And um, yeah, and then Bufkin would probably have to kick out or something like that and um, kind of reset hit, hit, reset the angle or reset like trying to attack him again just because it's, he's a guy I feel like would probably be a really good uh, one-on-one defender. And that's why you have him labeled as like, there could be a lot of potential to being a, a switch defender. You know, everyone yeah. goes one through five, pick your numbers what are you comfortable switching him through um i think probably like two through through four um i i think he's mostly going to be on wings um but they did have him guard guards like he was guarding um the uh ryan Nemhard on creighton um and he's a pretty good guard he's he's the brother of uh the indiana pacers guard uh andrew Nemhart. And um, it, it, he was, he did, he had decent moments on him. I wouldn't say like he locked him down, um, but like as far as like containing him and forcing him to to to, to reverse reverse a ball, I, I feel like um, he was able to yeah use his strength on him uh, a little bit. And um, they have him kind of start off uh, like Villanova kind of started off in like one two two one two two three quarter presses, and then uh, go back into man, and he would end up typically on the guards because he's the the top guy um so it'll be interesting to see if like he that that translates for sure but i, I think there's there's something there as far as like what he can be as a, as a defender and as a switch defender like we talked about so i'm curious because kobe buffkin doesn't seem like the the modern picture of a guard grady dick seems like the modern picture of a wing fitting into the nba as it kind of goes forward you have this guy who's like he can guard two through four He's going to give you like a plus on the glass, which isn't always guaranteed at his size, like power mm-hmm. cutting through the lane. Like this is a guy I think that Scotty could probably really help maximize if they have the space provided. If they have the spacing, exactly. I'm yeah. curious what you think about that pairing if the Raptors, let's say I'll, I'll create the Gary Walks. The Raptors aren't in the luxury tax. Someone mm-hmm. comes in on the MLE, but it's Jakob, like Jakob. Pascal, Scotty, OG, Fred, Otto Porter Jr., Cam Whitmore, Precious, Chris Boucher, maybe Coloco, right? Like, how do you think 
you know, do you think he's one of those guys who maybe the Raptors have had in the past? Like the shooting just, okay, he hits his catch and shoot threes. He hit 40% in college. How does he fit in? Like, have you seen him in lineups where there wasn't really spacing and he like, he found ways, you, you know what I mean? Yeah, I think, I think with Villanova, like, um, they didn't have much spacing either. So he would have to find ways to, um, kind of, kind of, kind of create that. And, and I don't think he was the, the very best at that. I would say, um, he, he likes to, to beat guys to the rim. Um, and, and what I mean by that, it's, it's like he, um, explodes to the rim. And he, if he finds a lane, um, he'll, he'll be able to explode and like, before the the help comes he tries to rush and he tries to like kind of just dunk on dunk on guys or or beat guys um with with a with a explosive layup and that like he either goes off uh two feet or 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 like if he's from far he goes off one and tries to glide and and try to beat guys to the rim um one thing about him is like he doesn't have much craft when he does that it's always just um yeah rushing to the rim being explosive at the rim, taking that like explosive step. And then when he does get met with, with help, it's, he it, it typically gets blocked because he, he doesn't, um, he doesn't decelerate well. Yeah. Um, and I think um, if he learns how to kind of understand like where and anticipate contact, he'll be much better. He, he's actually like a low free throw rate guy. Yeah. And it's surprising because he throws himself at the rim all the time, but it's because he tries to to rush and and try to tries to beat guys to the backboard if that makes sense he's a um, one speed I, guy well, it, it's he's he he's shown flashes of where he slows things down um like i have seen him go in transition and take like a slow step um kick out to the corner for a three but like as far as like a guy that like understands when it's um when's like the best time or like anticipate contact i think i think like the path to his success is being able to slow down or play with a little bit more pace so that he can kind of anticipate contact and be a strength creator. This is what I was wondering about. You know, you, you listed the low free throw rate, but also mm-hmm. like a physically imposing guy mm-hmm. and a guy who's willing to, to get into the mix. A lot of times the, the bubble you get, or like, you know, the little, you get a little bit of space in the NBA to kind of work with strength creation is if you have the craft and if you don't have the craft, then that, that strength creation, it's kind of fruitless. You mentioned flashes as far as like navigating a little bit more of attention with a live dribble. Maybe it's like, it's one and a half, maybe it's two. How is he at kind of navigating those tighter spaces? Um, And have you seen any flashes to indicate that he might be able to slow the game down and kind of, you know, maneuver in the middle like a lot of Raptors guys haven't mm. figured out a couple have figured out. No, I, and he's, I think he only 12% of his shots came from mid range uh, this year. And it, it would, it's tough for him to, 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 to slow down. Cause he doesn't really have that craft. Um, but I, I think there's sometimes like in, in early, um, early offense situations, they have him in like a empty corners, uh, a screen action. Um, and he's really good at like, um, cause he has an explosive first step. He's able to, um, he, he's really good at rejecting, um, especially on the left side, he goes right, right to left and, um, and yeah, like beat guys that if, if that corner is empty and the rotation slow, he's just going to 
dunk on guys. He he kind of jumps similar, and, and and his movement style, his driving style is very similar to uh, Gerald Wallace. Um, it, wow. It's 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 reckless, and it's 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 powerful. So like those two dribbles he takes when he comes from the three point line, you can tell he's like revving up, and 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 the moment he gets up, it's like, wow, where did this, <laughs> where the hell did where. Where does this guy come from? It's, it's, he's just flying in. So the the last thing I want to ask you about his offense is like catch mm-hmm. and go stuff. You mentioned that he has slower shooting mechanics. For some yeah. guys, particularly bigs, that doesn't matter because bigs are in a constant state of prove it. And so it's like, yeah. well, I can prove it faster. I can prove it slow. But if the shot goes in, the shot goes in. For a guy who might get run off the line and at the NBA level, there's going to be a bit more space, but also there's going to be more size at the rim. It's a little bit. It's gonna take a little bit longer to get there. Like, yeah. And the tw- like, only taking twelve percent of his shots in the mid range, in terms of counters, while attacking with advantage. What are your thoughts on him at the NBA level? Uh, he has a little bit. Like he has a, the euro step a little bit. The the slow step um, and and the 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 powerful strides. Um, but yeah, as far as like being able to 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 play off of that I, I think it's going to be tough because like um he doesn't really have much craft and, and the, the craftiness in that mid, mid-range area um i think the best path for that is is starting off closer and and being able to decelerate and understand how he could use his body a little bit he he's he's shown like some spin moves some spin moves that like he'll spin uh when he gets caught off and then like bump into a guy and finish over them but like that i feel like that's kind of going to be that's going to be tough for him. Yeah. Like you said, at the NBA level with, with bigger guys, smarter, smarter defenders and, and guys that are able to kind of absorb that contact better. If you could pick one aspect of each guy's game, Buffkin, Grady Dick and Whitmore. And you're like, you just in your mind, you're so sure this translates to the NBA level, which would it be for each of them? Yeah. Buffkin. Um, I think, um, I think, Ooh. I'll I'll go back to Buffkin. Let, let's let's go with um with Grady. I think yeah. obviously is is his his movement shooting skills. Um, I think with um Cam Whitmore, it's is is probably going to be his transition finishing. Um, just because he's so explosive and like he can dunk off two feet, one foot. Um, he had this one dunk where he went off his his wrong foot, which would be like his his right foot, and he he glided almost like um. The J.R. Smith dunk on yeah. uh, when he was on Denver. Do you remember that one? Mm-hmm. So he had like a a long right, a left right, and then he glided to the rim, finished with two hands, and and was strong. Um, so that like putting pressure as a as a as a rim finisher, um, I think that's probably, um, especially in transition, that's probably going to be like Cam's um, Cam's thing. Um, and then if I go back to Buffkin, I think. I think his I think his movement skills, um, as far as like his ability to to use them on on both ends, like as far as like a, a slasher and also as like um a really good um guard defender, I think that that's probably gonna be what makes him stick in the NBA. Um yeah. Yeah. We see we see even a guy like as he had a couple of years, you wouldn't you wouldn't want him as a lottery pick, but like Cameron Payne, for example, is like being a guy who like you know, you have these long steps and like you can be quick too, and you can kind of like maneuver around the paint. 
that's something that is all about how you input it, you know, like yeah. shooting to some degree as well, being a guy who's willing to finish in transition, but um, Kobe Bufkin, it sounds like it's the highest ceiling right there. That's what it sounds like to me. Like the, that's the ceiling um, because movement skills are so special and can manifest into really, really interesting players and like dominant yeah. players. Um it's same with like movement shooting, which is more and more important in the NBA as we get closer. And then like powerful players, your order of preference for getting drafted to the Raptors of the three, one, two, three. I think probably Grady won. Um, just cause I, I think he's just gonna, he's gonna fit very seamlessly with, with, with any of the guys that are on the Raptors currently. Um, especially with, with Scotty, I, I think he'll, that pairing will be awesome. Um, and then I probably, because I know that Cam gets all the hype, but I think I really like Buffkin, and I know that Raptors Raptors Twitter has has really kind of fallen in love with him. I, I think I think the fit is going to be good, and I think um, I'll probably have him second, and probably Cam third, um, just because like I don't know how he fits with the Raptors unless like some 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 changes are made to the roster. Um. How many of those guys do you think will be around when the Raptors pick? Let's say the Raptors pick, what are they currently? 13. Oh, yeah, 13, 13th, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. When yeah. 13th comes around, how many of those guys do you think are there, realistically? I'd probably give the I'll probably I'll probably give the probably give the over on one. That's it. Like yeah. probably one. Um um, and I don't. I don't think Brady's yeah. gonna be there, man. Yeah, <laughs> I, yeah. I think, I think he's top eight, probably. Mm. I have him like. I think he could be a top five guy. Like in a redraft, I think he'd probably be a top five guy in this draft. He's good. Um. Yeah, he's so good. <laughs> yeah. And then, um. Yeah. And and Cam's like kind of projected much higher, but I think there there's a chance that he could kind of kind of fall lower just because like as far as like what his skill set is is useful in and and i think he's a little bit smaller than he's listed i think he's listed at six seven but i think he's closer to probably like probably like six five and a half or like six six that makes sense have you seen any of these guys in person Ooh, actually i saw cam in person uh at the the hoop summit before this year i, I saw cam in person and he was probably my favorite guy there because he was he was just so imposing um, against the the um, against against high schoolers. So um, I think Cam 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 initially be, at the beginning of the season was one of my favorites, and then I, I think the translation to to college was a little bit tough for him, and he was also coming off an injury. So we'll see if that if that can that can um, if he can kind of get get stronger. Um, coming off that injury just because like, I don't think he was fully at his max athleticism this year. Um, so we'll see how that goes for sure. One last thing. Yeah. You don't have to. Oh, you don't Grady. Have to... Sorry, my bad. Grady was at that hoop summit too. And I don't remember, I, I don't remember seeing like, I don't remember seeing anything much from him just because like in a, in those type of environments, yeah. all-star environments, it's hard to like, for shooters to get off unless they're like asking for the ball every single time down the court. The the connectors are like not, not seen as heavily, I would say. Yeah. Last mm-hmm. thing I'll ask you is you don't have to, you don't have to make the pitch or anything like that, but for the listener, someone they can go, you know, the college basketball reference or kind of like poke around on statistics, someone who you think is interesting, roughly in the Raptors range, a name for people to go poke around on. 
Hmm. Um, I don't, I, I think Noah, Noah Clowney is a little bit further, um, like probably closer to the twenties, mid twenties. Um, but he's someone that I really, I'm really high on. And I think he could probably be, um, in a redraft, I think he could probably be like a top 15 guy on it on, in in the thing I, numbers wise, he's a really, really good, um, rebounder. Uh, Kevon Looney's having a really good playoffs this year. Um, I think he could have that kind of similar impact because he has like um, really good um, upper body uh, stability. So like that allows him to like stay uh, stay stay straight while he's getting bumped and and getting those rebounds. Um, and he's super coordinated despite being like six ten and um, long limbed. Um, I, I think he's someone that's going to be really re- really interesting down the line just because like. His his movement skills and and he's very coordinated for his size. That's that's an underrated aspect of big man defense. Is like if guys can, if guys can fold you like a tent, you're gonna foul every single time. You know, like yeah. being able to stay stiff while also keeping it fluid downstairs is yeah. is really impressive. Yeah, um, that's that's great. Well, actually, one last thing. So you yeah. use, you use the term redraft, and people will obviously understand that is like a few years down the road. Uh, you know, this guy is better than people thought they were. Is in your mind the reason why you're because they haven't been drafted yet, but you're already using the term redraft. Is this like tools versus resume in your mind? Is like yeah. okay, like Clowney yeah. hasn't been able to build a resume that's the, as good as some other guys, but you think the tools will translate better? I think that yeah, I, I think like as far as like his movement skills, his tool, like his his shot mechanics. I, I think like he doesn't have like um, the the like crazy numbers that like some of these 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 freshmen have or are like the one and done guys have but i feel like as far as like a guy that like has like the 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 movement skills to be a really good nba big i, I think he has that so hell yeah. yeah yeah listener uh josh will be on again i will have him on here until the cows come home and until the nba calls uh that's that's my rule of thumb as far as uh, Josh on the podcast. Uh, He's also in Toronto for the summer, so we'll be doing some breakdown stuff together as well. Lots of good uh, Sam and Josh content. Is there anything you'd like to say to the listeners before we get out of here? Um, No, yeah. If you want to follow my work, um, I'm on Twitter at Josh Gautam. Um, I also work for On Point Scouting, so we'll, we'll have a lot of pieces um, as we as we grow grow On Point um, On Point Scouting. So if you want to take a look at that, I had an interview with uh, Leonard Miller um, uh, a couple months ago, and it, it, it was like a one on one style. Um, kind of kind of stole the film bit of film (laughs) yeah kind of stole the um format from uh notable uh assistant gm on the portland trailblazers now um but he's not doing anymore so i i I was like oh you know what let's let's try it out so we do we 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 kind of reach out to to people around um players and and get get to kind of get to know know them better and do some get to know questions um with the player and then after that we we break down some film and, and that's kind of for me that's the fun the, the the real fun part so yeah yeah um listener all that stuff will be linked whether you came here via the website or in the youtube bio or in the podcast bio it'll all be linked you can find josh and his work and i urge you to please i i implore you um tune in with josh josh thank you so much for coming on listener uh, i hope you enjoyed the first little dabble into draft stuff 
there will be lots, I think. Um, and uh, I'm excited to do like a bunch of it. And then I'm excited to it, see the guy at Summer League and see what the Raptors are doing and making moves and all that kind of stuff. Thank you for listening. It's been an absolute pleasure. Uh, whether you got into this morning or a night, have a blessed day and goodbye. Peace.